Good morning, everybody. This is another edition of the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPinelli.com as well as St. Alwish's Church of School in Jackson, New Jersey. Glad to be with you on April 20th, 2019. We'll touch on the date and its history and its significance in a little bit. A couple topics I want to hit up today, and there's things that kind of, you know, gra- gravitate towards the my cerebrum, my cerebellum, and my medulla oblongata. And we've been focusing on doing, you know, a show a week. And I've said, hey, if there's something that kind of piques my interest, not just piques my interest, but kind of ticks me off, um, you know, that's a reason to do another show or to knock out another show. And we're going to do that today for a couple of different reasons. And like I said, we'll talk about 420 a little later in the show. But the first thing that i got to get into, and i tell you, this is frustrating to the biggest part of my mind in baseball how there really is no accountability when it comes to umpires and you saw it the other day and it's one of those things that you got to kind of analyze a little bit and look at it a little bit more deep than what was really going on and I mentioned the other day about the you know little dust up with Tim Anderson and Brad Keller but once again it shows the incompetence of an individual umpire, an umpire that really has spent a ton of time making this game about him and nobody else. And Joe West has gone out of his way to make it as if people want to watch a game of baseball, don't care about the opponents, but will travel through all leaps and bounds of the country to watch Joe West umpire. And this has been a problem in a game for a long time. And I told you how happy I was when Bob Davidson finally walked away finally moved on and it, you know went out to whatever part of his life that he wants to represent now thank god it's not an umpire as an umpire but what Joe West has done to this game and it's it's getting more and more embarrassing as we're watching it go on is this is a person that takes this game upon himself and makes it all about him and he embarrassed himself the other day not like it's the first time he's embarrassed himself he's been embarrassing himself for 30 years, but he goes out there the other day and just wants to make the whole damn thing about him. Now, if you haven't followed the individual situation that went on, we're talking about Tim Anderson, you know, Cadillac in a home run, flinging a bat across the field, kind of making himself look like a jerk. And I know the onus is on him. He shouldn't have done that. That wasn't a very professional move. It wasn't a way to conduct himself as a Major League Baseball player. But Brad Keller goes and beans him the next time up, which part of being a jerk and kind of showing up a pitcher with a home run is the risk that you may very well get hit the next time that you come up. And Brad Keller goes out there and he hits Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson doesn't charge the mound. Tim Anderson actually conducted himself better than I've ever seen Tim Anderson conduct himself. And Joe West, because everybody comes out to see Joe West, has the audacity to throw Tim Anderson out of the game in that spot. Now, if you were going to throw Tim Anderson out of the game, you you should have thrown him out of the game for flinging his bat across the field when he hit a home run his last time up. He didn't do anything wrong in this situation. He took a pitch in the back. He got beamed for crying out loud. And you're going to tell me that in some way, shape, or form, that constitutes being thrown out of a baseball game. Once again, if you're 
in the mind of Joe West do you think everybody in baseball comes out there to see you and just you? They don't care about the players on the field. They don't care about the action on the field. They don't have any interest to watch the game of baseball. All they want to do is go out there and see Joe West. Then I understand why Joe West acted the way he did. But this guy has been an embarrassment to the game for decades. I've spoken to players that have said that he's not even a good umpire. So what is he contributing to this game that's making it any more positive? Nothing. And he goes out there and he struts his gut out there like he's the frigging king of the diamond. There's ways that you're supposed to enforce the rules of the game, but Joe West goes out of his way to make it about him. He threw out a player in the game which made himself look like a moron. And I tell you, you go back 30 years, 33 years, I remember a fight in 1986 between the San Francisco Giants and the St. Louis Cardinals. And if you're not too familiar with it, Google Roger Craig Whitey Herzog. And you'll see a fight between two teams that didn't happen because of any animosity between the two teams, but happened because of the way that the game was officiated or umpired. The umpires, by giving a warning out there for no reason, ended up enabling and forcing the two teams to go out there and slug it out on the field. And if the other day, a meaningless game between the Chicago White Sox and the Kansas City Royals, if for some reason those players are going out there throwing haymakers on each other, there will be nobody else to blame but Joe West. You wouldn't blame anybody on the White Sox. You wouldn't blame anybody on the Royals. You would blame every single bit of the emphasis that has to go in regards to holding somebody accountable to Joe West and the way he conducted himself. There shouldn't be a reason why anybody should have stayed on the field the other day the way that was officiated. And I use the word officiating. Obviously, it's not a baseball term, but it better describes what, what it is that was happening. Because Joe West's actions could have had bigger ramifications than he did. And the bottom line is you have a, an umpire who is not being held accountable for anything he does. He can do a lousy job on the field. He can do a lousy job managing the action that's on the field, the little job that he has to do. He can do it terribly, but nothing's going to be done to him. He's not going to be held accountable. God forbid... Joe Torre in Major League Baseball got a set of balls and suspended this guy for the lousy job that he does. He doesn't even do his job right. And in Major League Baseball makes this guy a crew chief? Why? Because of the seniority, the union thing? Hey, I've been doing this for 30 years. I can lead a crew? He can't lead himself, let alone a game. How is he a freaking crew chief? And you got this guy that continues to embarrass the game every time he's out there. And all because he wants people to look at him, he wants people to notice him. If you want your name to be out there in the lights and have everybody know your name, like cheers, right? You should pick a different profession than being a Major League Baseball umpire. Because the best umpires in the sport do it under... Being anonymous and having not people not know their name. Because if they know your name in baseball, it's because of one thing. It's because you've gone out there, number one, screwed up. You haven't done your job right. You're an Angel Hernandez. Or you're an egotistical maniac like Joe West 
that can't wait to get people to see you. And I'll tell you, what he did the other day was completely embarrassing. It made himself and the game look bad. And honestly, there should be some accountability thrown his way. And if there's not, it's showing that Major League Baseball umpires have a different set of rules. And a different set of rules to any, any when it comes to the conduct of the players, when it comes to the conduct of the manager and the coaches, the conduct to the fans, they're all held at difference, to different standards. Umpires can literally do whatever the hell they want. And you had Ron Culpa, as the season started, literally say that to A.J. Hinch of the Houston Astros. Say, hey, I can do whatever I want. And that's enabled by Major League Baseball. And the fact that umpires are not being held accountable, number one, for their performance on the field and their ability to do their jobs, but number two, the way they conduct themselves which they should be a good representation of the game, and they're choosing in a lot of cases not to do it. And yes, there are some good umpires out there, but unfortunately they're getting a bad name because of the actions of jackasses like Joe West. This copyright and broadcast is authorized under internet rights granted by the World Wide Web and is solely for the entertainment of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the pictures, descriptions, and accounts of this show without the express written consent of the Passball Show, JohnPielli.com, and JohnPielli LLC is prohibited. Any commercial or other use of the program, such as by charging admission for its showing, is similarly prohibited. So I got really good news for the fans of the Miami Marlins out there. They finally figured it out. Yeah, this was a team that based off of my projections and a lot of projections of other people associated with the game, it's supposed to finish dead last in the National League East. Supposed to maybe have one of the worst records in all of baseball. But the Marlins, after some deep thinking and a, a, a bad start to the season, an, off, an offense that has been struggling, figured it all out. They figured out what's going to put them in the best position to go out there and now win 100 games. After this move that they made yesterday to Miami Marlins should be considered favorites, not only in the National League East, but in all of Major League Baseball. They're winning themselves a World Series now in 2019. And if you haven't sensed the sarcasm in my voice already, I can lay it on a little bit thicker. The Miami Marlins decided to fire hitting coach Mike Pagliarulo after three seasons at the helm. Now, obviously, if you know anything about baseball, you know that the hitting coach is really the most useless position when it comes to hiring a coach. It's just a figurehead. It's just a guy to stand there and, sure, you, know, you can have some influence on a game plan and the way hitters hit. You can help some hitters with some of the issues that they have if somebody's in a slump. But the bottom line is a hitting coach is only as good as the hitters that are on that team. And if you've looked at the Miami Marlins over the last couple of years, you saw them take what could have been the equivalent to murderer's row and trade it all away and replace it with a lineup in its three, four, and five spots that right now have Brian Anderson, Jorge Alfaro, and Starlin Castro. And with all due respect to Brian Anderson, Jorge Alfaro, and Starlin Castro, while they belong in the major leagues, can you look throughout, really, maybe for the exception of the Baltimore Orioles and maybe a, a couple of other teams that have weak mobility orders? Is there a team in baseball that runs out three players that probably shouldn't be in the middle of anybody's order like the Miami Marlins do? But according to Michael Hill, 
the general manager of the Miami Marlins, they should be doing a lot better. And it's all the fault of hitting coach Mike Pagliarulo. So, Mike Hill, great job. You just set the Marlins up to where now they're going to be one of the favorites in all of Major League Baseball. And like I said, if you have an issue telling the difference between sarcasm and not sarcasm, I don't know what the hell to tell you right now. The Miami Marlins, it's a fact, had what could be considered the best outfield in baseball with Christian Yelich, Giancarlo Stanton, and Marzell Ozuna. Two got, the last two MVPs in the National League were part of the Marlins outfield a couple of years ago. They traded D. Gordon. They traded J.T. Realmuto. And I understand that they moved themselves in a position where they brought in a lot of younger players. And there are a lot of younger players that came back in these deals that I can't tell you too much about. They brought back about a dozen or so players. Some of them are in the major leagues. Some of them are on their way. And it looks like, from the Marlins' perspective, they've emphasized pitching. Now, because they've emphasized pitching, they've done it at the expense of the offensive players that they have. And not only did they move five really good players that if they were all together, it would be the center of a really good baseball team, they replaced them with nobody who's up on a major league level that could be considered legitimate middle-of-the-order bats. And Michael Hill decides to say, oh, well, you know what, if it's got some better coaching, these hitters would hit a little better. Now, if these players were replaced with other bodies of better major league players, their offense will be a lot better. So terrible job by, by Mike Hill. And I don't know if he was under any pressure from Derek Jeter and, you know, Bruce Sherman. Maybe there's some pressure in Miami. You heard it at the beginning of the season. The expectations were going to be that this team was supposed to improve, was supposed to get a little bit better. Maybe Don Mattingly just uh, keeping himself or keeping his job for the moment, you know, uses Mike Pagliarulo as a scapegoat. But his team isn't getting any better this year. And if you think that the Miami Marlins should be hitting a little better, the only way that's going to happen is if the bodies and the players that are on that diamond that are coming up in the middle of that order are replaced with better personnel. And the Marlins look pretty stupid here. Now, listen, I can buy what they're looking to do. They're in a spot where they want to build a team that's going to be a quality baseball team for a series of years. And once they get this straightened out, once their young players come up, you're starting to see it in the pitching. Trevor Richards looks like a good pitcher. Sandy Alcantara looks like he's going to be good. Caleb Smith is throwing the ball pretty well. One of the guys they got um, in the Ozuna trade, Zach Gallen, is pitching pretty well in AAA. They got a series of good pitchers in AA and in AAA that I think are going to you know, permeate this rotation and give them some depth. But in addition to giving them depth, they should be able to give the Marlins the ability to move a couple of these guys to get some better hitters. But once again, using your hitting coach as a scapegoat is kind of a cop-out. And you think, and I don't know if there's anybody out there in the world that believes it, that the Marlins are going to all of a sudden improve because their assistant hitting coach is now their hitting coach. But I think it's an embarrassing job by Mike Hill if he really thinks that there's anything that's going to change the complexion of this offensive team other than better personnel. Terrible job. 
We're going to keep the show short today. I did want to mention the fact that today is April 20th. And a lot of people, you know, gravitate towards this day. Think of 420. Think of marijuana, the whole thing. You know, today is a special day in my life. Um, my wife, Diana, and I have now been married for 12 years. since our wedding anniversary. And also, my good friend, Mike Fiorella, is getting married today. Uh, it's going to be awesome to be able to share a wedding anniversary with you. Been a, a good friend for, geez, over 30 years. So hope everything goes out. Look forward to celebrating with you later on. And, you know, the one thing I did want to mention about, you know, certain days. And we can talk about the legalization of marijuana as we've had in certain areas. And, you know, the fact that there are certain areas of this world, in this country, in inner cities that are being criminalized or having the people that are in possession of this drug, which I do think it's a drug, more criminalized than in others. So I do think that's something that should be up when we talk about the, I, I guess, I guess from a national level, just make it all on the same level. If you want to hold people that are in possession of marijuana to a higher standard and have them responsible and have them have to serve jail time, you shouldn't have it like that in some regions and in other regions, people will be okay. You got people serving longer prison sentences than they really should have to over having a little bit of weed in their possession. So I think that's a bad job. It's something that at some point should be addressed. Um, I did want to touch on the Mets today. You got the news of Jacob DeGrom. And, you know, if you're, if you're a Mets fan, you have this fear. And this fear that kind of exists, and you go back in year, you know, from years upon years, every player that seems to sign a long-term deal with the New York Mets ends up getting injured. You could go back to Johan Santana. You obviously have David Wright, Johannes Cespedes, who is living proof of a long-term contract that isn't working out, not because the player isn't any good anymore, but because the player is hurt. So it's almost like Jacob DeGrom, and if you're a Mets fan and you want to be pessimistic, this is probably going to be your point of view. Hey, Jacob DeGrom signs that contract, and you know what? You can guarantee yourself that he's going to get hurt at some point. Now, the reports that you're hearing right now are good, they're positive, but you don't know how much of a smokescreen it is by the New York Mets organization. They could be trying to, hey, make it seem like it's a little better than it is. Unfortunately, they're going to have to address it if it is a major issue. In other words, if it's a major problem, if the ground's going to be out for a considerable amount of time, everybody's going to know, and they're going to know pretty soon. They're probably going to know April 26th whether Jacob DeGrom is activated from the disabled list or not. If he's getting ready for that start on April 26th with the Mets had basically planned it out to be, 10-day disabled list, April 26th, next Friday, he's going to make his next start after he misses this one on Saturday, then everything could be assumed that it's okay. But I'll tell you this, if Jacob DeGrom doesn't pitch on Friday, it's a sign that there is a major problem. And the MRI results, which we're going to get this week when he goes back to New York on Monday or Tuesday, if they come up with anything that is less than clean, the Mets are going to look are, are going to be in a pretty bad position because this is a team that can't go anywhere without their Cy Young Award winner. Can't go anywhere without their best pitcher. And what do you do in that spot? Do you go out there and sign a Gio Gonzalez and put him in your rotation? I hate to say it, with all due respect to Gio and as well as he's pitched at City Field in his career with the Washington Nationals, 
I, I, I have a hard time not believing that the sky is falling if Jacob DeGrom is out for a considerable amount of time. And that is the major issue. It's not whether the Mets should have signed him to the contract or not. It's how hurt is he right now? Because the Mets cannot succeed in the National League East, let alone in the entire National League, without Jacob DeGrom doing the things that he did last year. And I understand he had a couple bad starts. It was due. Pitchers don't go through a whole season in baseball like Jacob DeGrom did last year and not have a bad start. So you got to understand that. you got to understand that he's going to have a couple bad games. The most important thing is this, is this guy healthy. And if he's got any problems in his elbow, God forbid he has to face Tommy John surgery, the Mets 2019 season is going to go right out the window. And I hate to say it. Because there's nothing you could do in season. You could go out there and sign Kim Rule and Gio Gonzalez and you know Dallas Keuchel all at the same time. And the Mets are going to be doomed. So a reminder that Castro provides maximum protection against viscosity and thermal breakdown. A little quick recap of the past ball show today. We're gonna, I want to keep it short. Had to go off about Joe West. Is a guy is an embarrassment to baseball. He made himself look like a fool the other day. And really, if you do want to look up Roger Craig, Whitey Herzog on YouTube, 1986, a brawl between the St. Louis Cardinals and the San Francisco Giants, that was one that was completely the fault and responsibility of the umpires. They had a chance to do something about it before the players ended up taking it, and actually the managers in that case, took it into their own hands. And Joe West is lucky that the moral, that the uh Chicago White Sox and Kansas City Royals aren't slugging it out on a field against each other. And they should still be fighting right now over this. All because of Joe West. The Miami Marlins, listen, they set themselves up for a winning season in 2019 because they fired their hitting coach. Yeah, who cares about the fact that you got one of the worst offenses that we've seen in the last decade in baseball and you traded away what could have been a top five offense for nobody that's helping you at the major league level on the offensive side of the ball right now. The Mets, listen, who cares about Jacob DeGrom's contract? If Jacob DeGrom's hurt, the Mets season is done. For those who celebrate 420, happy 420. Like I said, happens to be my wedding anniversary. Congratulations to my buddy Mike that's getting married. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side.